Hello and welcome to Time Out with Tammy and Tyler. I'm Tammy. And I'm Tyler. And we're here to explore how people evolve from early career higher education HR professionals to leaders like VPs and Chief Human Resource Officers. So what we really want is to learn more about how some of these really amazing people got to where they are and what their perspective is on some hot HR topics and issues. Welcome to our sixth episode. Our very special guest today is John Whelan, Vice President for Human Resources at Indiana University, and he's also the past chair of the Coop HR National Board. Welcome, John. Thanks for uh, joining us today. Thanks so much, Tyler. It's awesome to be with you guys. This is a great podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be on it. Thank you so much. Um, John, we appreciate you taking some time out to chat with us, especially with everything that's going on. And, you know, when we first asked you to be a guest on the podcast, we were sort of envisioning a bit of a different conversation than the one that we're going to end up having today. Um, but, you know, we really couldn't miss a chance to chat with you about how you as an HR leader are, are working through planning around this crazy time, this epidemic. Um, and, you know, for, for all of us in HR, which is pretty typical, I think it's, it's a moving target, but it's not one that we've ever seen before, right? It's pretty new. So um, we're thrilled to, to pick your brain about this. I'm happy, yeah, to, happy, to, uh, happy to join you guys and talk about this. So I agree. Yeah, what a curveball. Uh, yeah, curveball is the best way to put it, honestly. Uh, so, John, just to kind of start us off, can you walk us in our audience through how you came to be where you are? Um, what was your HR journey, more or less? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, so I've been at Indiana University as the Chief Human Resources Officer um, for uh, just about six years. I'm coming up on uh, my six-year anniversary. And um, for um, my this position and my previous two positions have all been in higher education. Uh, I was at Baylor University uh, as the Vice President of Human Resources before coming to Indi Indiana University, and I was there for five years. And then um, I spent six years um, uh, in a leadership role uh, at the University of Notre Dame. But prior to that, my HR background was in uh, a couple of other industries. Um, I worked in the financial industry at a company called Brown Brothers Harriman and Company. And then um, I was in consumer products with the Gillette Company for a few years. And uh, that was before the Gillette Company merged with Procter & Gamble. And then I worked uh, in pharmaceuticals at Bristol-Myers Squibb for a few years, um, right before entering into higher education. And um, I really only stumbled into higher education. It wasn't any master plan. It was a job opportunity uh, in a town that um, my wife and I had lived in, and we had some connections to the University of Notre Dame, and that was really what got me into it. But since I've been in, hi in higher ed, I can't imagine working in any other industry. It's been really, really a great place to work. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And I feel like so many people get into the industry the exact same way. And then once we're here, myself included, you're like, oh, this is amazing. How did I not know this was an option? <laughs> so, yeah, definitely can relate with you on that. Um, so this is kind of a broad question, um, but considering the climate that we're in, can you share uh, how you're thinking about planning around COVID-19 and what strategies you're talking about on your campus and particularly with your team as well? Sure, I'd be happy to. It's interesting how this has kind of evolved from the time it really started uh, when we all started taking it really seriously, which was 
kind of the beginning of March. And uh, at that point, um, our president pulled together an executive committee to um, start discussing this. And we very quickly realized that this needed a lot of attention. We've been meeting once a week for just a week or two. And then it became essentially um, a daily meeting uh, and the meetings were lasting for a couple of hours. And when we started, it was interesting, the, the, it, the very beginning, uh, the conversations were all about our international students because it really wasn't so much an issue in the United States yet, um, but we had students abroad. So for the first week or two, we were focused mostly on international students. Then it quickly moved to the academic leaders because it started to become a question of whether we needed to have our students come back from spring break or and 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 the question about whether we were going to go to online learning only so so then that became the, the big question and then it started evolving into employees which is we have to have employees working remotely because it's not safe um, and then covid 19 pay um, how do we pay people who can't work on campus so then that became a big hr piece and um, and then it moved into a combination, which is where we are now, of continuing to be academic because we're kind of looking at the fall semester, um, but also still HR and a heavy dose of finance because now we're realizing that the budgets are being impacted significantly by all this. And depending what things look like um, in the fall, the budgets will be impacted even more. Um, and then to add one more layer to this, uh, probably about halfway through the time that we started meeting, the president then invited on some public health experts. We have uh, two of our campuses have schools of public health. And so those two deans came on board. And so um, that's been the evolution right now. I would say the things that are the most pressing that are happening are um, planning for fall and not trying to understand when we can potentially bring people back uh, and then also looking at our budget and since the majority of our budget and I think most universities this is the case the majority of the budget is uh, relates to people it's salary and benefits um, it's looking at the implications related to that so um, so that's where my time has been spent um, the most over the last few weeks is this kind of scenario planning for the future and trying to understand what it means for our, our employees. Yeah, that's right. I think, um, you know, it's interesting to hear. I know Indiana University is a whole lot bigger than Williams College, but we're we're having the exact same conversations in the same way, just I think on a different scale. Um, so it's really encouraging, I think, that we're, you know, even though it's um, a trying time, we're all kind of in this together. So you touched on this a little bit, obviously, we've, we've already seen institutions and HR teams working through operational challenges, starting to think about those financial implications, um, you know, that we're really still kind of unpacking. But I'm also curious to hear your thoughts about maybe some ripple effects um, or long-term effects of this as we think about returning to some sort of semblance of normality um, in terms of, you know, will this change our business? Um, some of the fundamentals of the way that we operate. It's hard to say right now, I'm sure, um, to do some crystal ball gazing, but I'm just wondering if you have, have thoughts about that. Yeah, Tammy, that's a great question. Uh, I do think there are a few things. Uh, for one, um, it's funny, this seems like this was so long ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. We were talking about 
the kind of impending enrollment decline and then eventually an enrollment cliff, which for higher ed was going to have uh, some pretty major financial impacts because uh, we know that the birth rate um, had declined and we we're starting to see that a bit and we were starting to prepare for this lower enrollment, which was going to mean lower uh, tuition revenue. And so in some ways, I think as universities respond financially to this situation with COVID-19, um, even if we get through this, I don't think we'll ever be back up to the enrollment levels that we were uh, because they were already going to be dropping. So in some regards, I think um, some of the decisions, the financial decisions, some of the cost-cutting measures will probably not just be short-term, they may, it may be long-term. But um, I also think that um, some of the practices we have in place, uh, one of them, probably the most notable, is working remotely. Um, you know, that was one of those things that for decades, in my entire HR career, I know that we've been trying to um, advocate that organizations and managers be more flexible to allow people to work remotely uh, under the, um, you know, the presumption that it's going to make them more engaged in their work, they're going to feel better about their employer, and that in reality, they, they'll be more productive. But there's always been a mindset by many that, um, you know, if you can't see the employee, then you don't know they're doing their work. And I think right. this experience is going to change that because everyone's working remotely for the most part and it's kind of working. So I think we're going to see a lot more remote working. Yeah, I think that's right. It's so interesting. Um, I feel the same way I came from. I actually worked for consumer products and pharmaceuticals in HR before I came to higher ed. And that's kind of the norm in those industries. It's such a different pace. Um, and a different way of doing business that you are working kind of all the time in different places. And um, so it was kind of a shock to me coming to higher ed that that wasn't more accepted. Um, and, you know, hearing that we just, we can't get the same amount of work done uh, remotely and things like that. So it has been really interesting. Um, and I'm just wondering, this is kind of a follow-up question that I, I didn't think about earlier, but um, how do you envision HR supporting the new normal as we kind of get back to whatever that might look like? Are there some key things that people at different levels in the HR teams can do to, um, you know, help their institutions prepare better and um, be ready to, to take on the next step? I think um, lots and lots of opportunities. Uh, for one, I know that um, HR people are being pulled into the strategic conversations at most universities, which is obviously good indication that um, uh, you know HR has a lot to val a lot to offer in this uh, type of a crisis and so um, I think that will boost the uh, in some many people's minds the value of, of human resources at universities so um, I think that's that's going to be an important takeaway from this I think that as we get back into this I think the morale um, and engagement of employees is going to be really critical and so I think that's where HR is also going to have to play an important role. Um, salaries at most universities and perhaps most companies as well um, will probably uh, stay flat. Um, I don't think you're going to see many salary increases coming this year and maybe not even next year. Um, we probably will see in many places layoffs and furloughs and all those things impact morale and motivation. And so I think that's how HR can really step up and play an integral role in that. And then as the point we were just talking about um, with remote working, trying to help 
uh, maybe systematize that a little bit more. I would say right now, probably not everybody's working completely efficiently, um, even though they're working remotely. And that has a lot to do with the fact that there's not as much work to do because of this pandemic. But um, we'll need to figure out how to how managers have a toolkit to start supervising people. Um, you know, in that regard. And I just have one other little funny thing that I think might be a takeaway from this um, is that, you know, at least here at Indiana University, with people working remotely, any sense of a dress code or business casual, um, or even more than that, in some cases, people still had to wear business attire, full, you know, business attire, that's all out the window and people are wearing t-shirts and, and things like that. And so I also think that one takeaway from this is that when we all come back, um, in whatever form that takes, um, it might do something to l l maybe loosen up a little bit some of the dress codes too, but who knows, time will tell on that. Fingers crossed, right, John? <laughs> yes, I, hey, I'm gonna push it as much as I can. I'm gonna come in in a t-shirt and see what anyone says. <laughs> Your team will appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's awesome. Thank you for sharing all of that wisdom and insight. Um, we always like to close out the podcast by asking um, our guests to share something, a fun fact, a hobby, a personal interest, something that has nothing to do with HR um, that you want our listeners to know about you or that you think they might find interesting. All right. Um, well, a couple things, maybe. One, um, this is kind of a maybe a fun fact. Um, st starting this fall, I will have four of my five kids will be college students. And so... Um, uh, that's been exciting and they're all at IU, which is great. And so we get to see them a lot. They're all living with us right now because of the, uh, pandemic. And then beyond that, um, I would say another hobby of mine is brewing beer and then also, um, sampling local beers from all over the place, wherever I get a chance to travel. So that's my other kind of side hobby. That's awesome. That's so great. Well, John, this has been really great. We really appreciate you taking the time out today to let us pick your brain and uh, just get to know you a little bit better. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, my pleasure. You guys are awesome. Keep up the great work. Um, I hope you're staying safe through all of this and um, look forward to getting together in person, hopefully sooner rather than later. <laughs>